your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, we will continue to discuss the Avalanche game one victory over St. Louis. We will hear from Coach Bednar and his post-game remarks. We will also hear from Gabe Landeskog and his post-game remarks and kind of what to expect for game two on Wednesday night against St. Louis. So before we get to all of that, follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram and search or excuse me and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And uh, I want to thank all the people who were sending me messages for me to send them the MP3 of the uh, what has quickly become a legendary call by uh, our good friend Connor McGahey. So I put up a post kind of uh, screenshotting my way through my phone and setting his Landeskog fight call to my ringtone for my phone. And uh, people were asking me, can I have that MP3? And I was happy to oblige. So I sent a lot of them out uh, and it takes five seconds. So if you want one, find me on Twitter, send me a message with your email and I can shoot you over the MP3 and you can set it as your ringtone uh, because that's the greatest ringtone in the history of ringtones. So until the next Connor McGahey call. So uh, yeah, that's kind of fun. So a lot of people are asking for it and uh, I'm happy to help. So what do we got? What to expect for the second game against St. Louis? Well, in terms of players for the Avalanche, I think the big question right now is will Bowen Byram come back? He's healthy. He's not being slowed in practice in any way. Uh, it is literally coming down to a coach's decision. And does Jared Bednar feel that there is a spot for him right now? Uh, I and I don't think that's in a negative way. I think it's more of with the guys we have right now, is does that give us our best chance to win? And I don't know if that answer, if, if it hinges on Bowen Byron playing or not playing. I think the Avalanche have a great chance to win whether he's on the ice or not. And I, you just get the feeling, kind of like reading the tea leaves type of thing, that he's not going to be playing. And I think some of it is because he he likes what Nemeth can bring to the defense. Uh, this is a, and I said it yesterday's show, it's a, it's going to be a physical series, but you can't be afraid of that and not put Byram in there because it's a physical series. Every single series that you play in this Stanley cup playoffs, if you are lucky enough to go on to 
you know, uh, the next series and the next one and the next one, they're all going to be physical. So I don't think the Avalanche are shying away from that because they, they know that fact. They know that it, it, this is come playoff time. The, the physicality gets amped up a little bit more and maybe the, just because he hasn't experienced it, uh, go with the veteran and, and, and go with, I don't want to say like the sure thing with someone like Patrick Nemeth, but go with someone who has been there before. And, you know, this is not going to take away from what the expectation is for Bowen Byram long-term. He's their future <clears throat> and he's their future on the defensive end, but he's still a young guy. He's still learning. Um, so I, I just get the feeling that they're going to give Nemeth more of an opportunity here. And unless he plays absolutely god-awful where he's a liability, uh, I think Byram is on the sidelines for now. It could be completely wrong. And, and if if the Avalanche go up 3 to nothing in this series, then you would see him maybe get slotted in to get some experience, some postseason experience, which would be great for him. And you could say the other thing is true for, for Alex Newhook. He's never played... Uh, you know, game one was his first playoff game ever. Um, it's kind of a different animal from forwards to defense. And, you know, Byron doesn't back down from anybody. So that's not, I don't think that's an issue. I think it just comes down to experience. <clears throat> and I think they want to have him just kind of sit and watch and observe and I think he'll get opportunities in this postseason. Definitely. If the Avalanche make a run, uh, it's not that he's not going to play at all. I think he will, but I think the Avalanche want to get a, a nice, if they can, comfortable lead uh, on the series with, with St. Louis. And then if they have time to slot him in, uh, maybe they do and just get him, you know, some experience minutes. I don't know. It just It's just the way, you know, you didn't hear from Bednar saying he's ready to go. He'll be playing. Um, he, I mean, he's not giving lines up at all, which, you know, until very shortly before the game. So maybe we weren't expecting him to say something like that, but you, you didn't get the reassuring feeling that Byram is good to go and he's got a spot waiting for him to come back. And I think we all thought that. And that might be the other thing. He's been gone for a long time. So maybe they're not happy with where he's at from like a conditioning standpoint. They want him to build up a little bit more stamina. Could be a number of things. But as far as game two goes, my guess, and this is just a sure guess, just kind of reading everything that's out there, uh, I think I don't think Byron is going to be in the lineup for game two. If he's in there, wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, I'm not trying to play both sides of the coin here. I'm just saying... Uh, the Avalanche really feel like they can put anybody in in any spot and be fine, and that's true here with Byram. Uh, but I think he sits out one more game, and then depending on the outcome of this game and depending on how certain guys on the defense play, uh, if they win and somebody didn't play the best and you want to replace them for a game, then you, you that that's what is so great about this is because you have options and the opportunity to do that. So that's the big question going in is the Bowen Byron question. I know the fans, you know, he they, they love him. He's the youth. He's the future. They want to see him. Uh, coaching staff doesn't think that way. So 
Uh, I'm prepared for anything. If he's in there, obviously we're fine. If he's not in there, I still think we're fine. Uh, but what to expect in this game, you're going to see th- this is how it works. The team that lost needs to make adjustments. Um, I don't think that they don't nearly need to make many adjustments. This is uh, St. Louis, obviously. Doesn't need to make a ton of adjustments on the defensive end. Uh, you know, they gave up an empty netter, but it's a little bit weird saying that when you give up 50 shots on goal, that obviously has to, to come down for them. <clears throat> um, the Avalanche want to keep that going, but you, ha- so the Avalanche are going to come out and play their game like they just played and see what St. Louis throws differently at them. If it's nothing that really moves the needle, Avalanche just keep playing their game and off to the races they go. But St. Louis needs to figure something out offensively because uh, they they just they don't have the offensive firepower that the Colorado Avalanche do. And I think that is going to be the big sticking point for this series when it comes to St. Louis. They can't keep up. Not many teams can. Not many teams can keep up with the speed and keep up with how many shots. They I think one big thing the Avalanche need to improve on is when they are their offensive zone faceoff wins. They lost a ton of them, and that's a big deal. It's tough when you're going up against Ryan O'Reilly, who is one of the best faceoff men in the league, and St. Louis purposely puts him out there uh, when they need to win a faceoff, understandably so. So it's not it's easier said than done. But man, the Avs lost. Some maybe really good opportunities because they could not win an offensive draw in their offensive zone that could have set up something. It seems like they lost every single one of those draws. So uh, definitely something to work on for the Avalanche. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from a couple sponsors, and then we're going to hear from we'll hear from Coach Bednar first and uh, kind of talk about a couple of things that he said on the other end of it. But first, we're going to hear from Locker Room. This episode is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I host a Locker Room room every Thursday night. Uh, barring a game, uh, usually at 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain Time. So you can join, and they are a ton of fun. So you can join me and other Avalanche fans, bring you in on the call, and we just talk whatever we want to talk about. So it's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league or your team. Uh, you'll have, Like I said, you have a chance to talk with me on Thursday night. Uh, and because there is not a game, we know that. It'll be going off at 9.30 Eastern time so go download the free locker room app right now it is currently available for ios devices it is available for android it is still in beta and android so uh, unless they have they've updated it in the last last couple weeks and you can still join the call i just don't think the chat was available for android users but it might be now i haven't checked it in a couple weeks so maybe they updated it uh but create a profile link to your twitter account and join any league, any team, and get notified when my room goes live and join in on the talk. We'll see you there. Locker room. It's changing the way we talk sports. Also brought to you by the one and only Built Bar. And Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, 
plus the occasional limited edition flavors. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. Uh, I had Kyle Sullivan. We all know Kyle. He's a brownie, uh, a peanut butter guy, as am I. But I also love their coconut, coconut brownie chunk is delicious. Uh, mint brownie, cherry, coconut, salted caramel. There's something for everybody. Uh, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of every flavor, two of all of the nine flavors. And I'm good at math, and I know that's 18 bars that you'll get. So most bars contain 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and a couple other bars contain 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. So nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so let's jump into what Coach Bednar had to say after the Avalanche Game 1 win over the St. Louis Blues. Hey, Jared's win for you guys. Just how much did, you know, Gabe in that top line kind of push you forward here in this one at home? Well, I thought the... They got us started. They they changed the momentum times in the second period, and they had a fantastic third period. They were making big plays all over the ice, both both on the offensive side of things and on the defensive side. So huge impact in the game. I thought Gabe was, was outstanding, um, leading the way r- right away, even jumping in and getting involved physically when, when uh, Miko took that hit. Um, so I, I thought they were really good in, in almost all aspects of the game. And then the atmosphere tonight, almost double what it was. Could you guys sense that on the bench, you know, coaching staff and players? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was noticeable right away. I thought the energy in the building was fantastic. Um, you know, we, we got used to playing without any fans and then put in just over 4,000, and that was a, a great step forward. It seemed like we were playing in front of a full building then. And then to it's double. Like you guys to keep your mouth shut. Almost, almost double that now. I just felt like that was uh, that was a, a really good job. Um, it, it, it gave us a big boost tonight. Rick Sadowski, NHL.com. Hi, Jared. I mean, I guess you're going to expect this in the playoffs, the kind of goaltending uh, that you were facing tonight. Bennington made some huge saves. I guess eventually you just warmed down. Well, it took us a couple um, – minutes in the in the game to get going uh we had a turnover there a good scoring chance um then we started to come in in the first period i thought we were doing a nice job uh, creating some chances we didn't make it uh difficult enough on him in the second period for sure uh as far as traffic goes uh we we created some good looks some good scoring opportunities guys getting to the interior of the ice but he was um, he was seeing them all the way uh, to the net. So we have to do a better job of getting in front of them, uh, creating some screens, tips, rebounds. And we talked about that pre-series. We talked about it after the first and the second. And then we got a nice one uh, from Gabe going to the net and getting a partial screen and the tip on the, on the, the McKinnon shot. So we'll have to stick with it. We'll have to be better in that area. 
Um, even off the rush, though, he did make some some nice saves. I thought he was really good, as did our guy. We, we had a couple breakdowns on some turnovers, and Gruby came up with some big saves. I think a, a couple of them right away after we went ahead 2-1. Peter Baugh, The Athletic. On your second goal, the goal, the go-ahead goal, it looked like Landeskog made a nice play to kind of dig the puck out before passing it to Brandon and then McKinnon. I guess, what did you see? How did that play develop in your eyes? Well, it started in our zone. I thought we made a nice play on the breakout, um, advanced the puck, and 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 came Miko came on to it and to give Gabe some support. So. Um, they were in the right areas of the ice, and then you, those battles, you, you know, they're going to try and take the to bat, the battle to the boards and in, in the D zone. And uh, Gabe did a nice job of, of getting it down low below the goal line to Miko, and Miko did a nice job of getting over to help Gabe and give him some support and some talk. And and then Nate just kind of moved into the right spot there, and, and uh, it happened quick, but it was a nice play right from uh, our goal line all the way to to, to the end of it. That ended in in a goal. Michael Spencer, CBS Four. Jared, what if anything do you tell your guys after Game One about not letting the Blues chippiness get you guys out of the type of game that you want to play? Well, we talked about it even before the series and in intermissions and stuff. Like this is a physical game; it's played with passion. There's going to be some physicality to it. We we have to understand that. We have to embrace it. Um, we have to dish it out as well as take it. You got to stay disciplined. They have a lethal power play. Uh, I thought our PK did a nice job tonight, but you, especially when you get a lead like that in the third, and they were trying to scrum it up in, in, you know, after every whistle, like we don't need to get involved in that. To me, that's just giving them opportunities to maybe pull some of our guys off the ice and whatnot. We have a game to win and that's our focus so it's going to take quite a bit of discipline here but you got to play the right way between the drop of the puck and the whistle as well we'll take three more here for jared adrian dater colorado hockey now uh jared brian graves a couple penalties tonight but also two i thought saved two goals the one uh the diving stop was another great one uh how do you assess graves tonight uh for you guys i thought he struggled with the puck um Defended hard, did you know? Was really good against the rush. Did a lot of a lot of things right, but they he struggled with the puck a little bit. Even the goal that um, that he had to dive back and save. I think that was his turnover over on the on the boards in the neutral zone regroup. He turned it up and I think shot it into uh, uh, Thomas maybe or Hoffman, and and that led to the scoring chance against. But great play coming back. So. Play without the puck and the defending part of it, I thought he was excellent. Uh, puck play will need to improve, though, for sure. Eric Dean, Mile High Sports. Jared, your top three defensemen, Taze, McCarr, and Gerard, each played big minutes today. And obviously, these are guys that you're probably going to rely on for most of the playoffs. But just what were your thoughts on their game and, and uh, how important was it to have these guys step up in a game like this? Well, I thought they were good in a lot of areas. Um, Kale probably wasn't his best puck moving uh, night in general, but they again a little bit like like Graves. I thought he was excellent in uh, in his defending details. Uh, he played physical, moved the puck better as the game went on, uh, for certain. The other two guys were solid. 
Uh, Kale just kind of has that that knack of, of making the right play at the right time in the offensive situation, and uh, none prettier than the, the play he makes on the power play right away to kind of juke the guy at the blue line, and then a uh, great wrist shot from the point and gets us started on the you know for the night. So um, he made a he made a big impact for us, and, and to eat those kind of minutes and play that way, I thought he was really good. We've seen him move the puck better though, for sure. Last one here, Peter Baugh, The Athletic. Yeah, Jared, the top line was obviously fantastic tonight. What, um, I guess, do you want to see from the, the bottom three lines to, to kind of maybe get that secondary scoring going a little more? I mean, I don't know. It's one game, so I'm not worried. You know, I think we've got the secondary scoring all year. I thought the Joe line played great. Um, they were on pucks tough to get through the neutral zone on. They were reloading and getting above the puck and doing the right things, even to the bitter end in the third period, getting up the sustained ozone time. The cadre line had its moments. Uh, it'll come. It'll come. They just got to keep playing the right way. So before we get to the Bednar comments, just want to bring up betonline.ag. Betonline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet in all of your sports action. You got baseball in full swing. Obviously, our hockey is in the postseason. So is the NBA. Uh, You got NASCAR. You got UFC and MMA. So before the next pitch, before the next slam dunk, before the next puck drop, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And when you sign up on your mobile device or on the website, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on to bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So right before the break, Jared Bednar making some comments. And quickly, the one thing that stood out to me was his thoughts on Ryan Graves. Uh, and it's kind of what I was talking about yesterday. The spots where he was good, spots where he wasn't so good. And, you know, is that what you're going to get from Ryan Graves? No. I mean, there's some games where he's good the entirety of the game. Uh, but it was boom or bust for him. You know, that diving play. He made a really good point that I didn't even really realize is that diving play that we're all talking about, which was a fantastic play, he was kind of the reason for it. <laughs> so, um, you know, and and that's why he's a good coach because he recognizes all of that stuff. You're supposed to. Uh, we're just looking at the diving play and, and realizing like, yeah, that was a great play. But um, if he did something earlier to correct a turnover, it wouldn't have happened in the first place. But whatever, it did happen and it was a good play on his part. <clears throat> so stuff like that, just consistency. You want consistency. You, the delay of game, you can't have that. That can't be. And I said it uh, on yesterday's show, the the tripping I can kind of live with that because it wasn't intentional. It, it was He was trying to play the puck. It was accidental, but it was a penalty. So, you know, you're going to have the people that be like, he needs to be in control all the time. Fine, whatever. Um, but, yeah, he and he knows it. Ryan Graves knows it. So he, he needs to shore up some things, and, he, and he's done it before where he takes a step back. And uh, because of it, because he was so up and down, I do expect a much, much better game from beginning to end from Ryan Graves. Uh, so now let's hear from Gabe Landeskog and his post-game remarks after the 
game one St. Louis win. Gordy Howe, um, that's for a tough guy like you and a skilled player, I'm sure that that's uh, not a bad way to start the playoffs, you know, with the Gordy Howe hat trick and really help your team, not only in the fight, but in the uh, first two goals of the third period. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's um, playoffs is, you know, you start over, right? And, you know, your stats from the regular season don't matter. In fact, this is the postseason stats don't matter at all. Uh, for us, it's about wins and losses, and that's what it comes down to. And, yeah, I'm happy I was able to contribute. Um, but as a team, I thought we played a strong game. Um, a few periods, second period, towards the end of it, we kind of got away from our game. But um, I thought overall third period was, was really good, and everybody chipped in. Everybody played well. Peter Baugh, the athletic Gabe, what was your view on the on the Shen hit on Miko and how much of that was standing up for him and how much was kind of just trying to set a tone for the series? Yeah, obviously I'm gonna stand up for my teammates and, and uh I don't I don't think the hit was that bad. Uh you know, Miko I think tries to dodge him a little bit. He comes in and I don't think he put his knee out or anything. I don't think it was a dirty play, but um I'm sure, you know, I kinda had a feeling that Shen was gonna run a lot around a little bit in the first period and he's a physical player he's a good player um so just have to stand up with my teammates and obviously here playing at home i thought our first 10 minutes of that period was a little bit we were kind of tiptoeing our way into it a little bit uh some nerves and adrenaline and whatever so uh, i thought that was going to calm it down a little bit and, and get the crowd into it rick sadowski nhl.com hi gabe i was going to ask how do you Keep yourself from not getting frustrated because Bennington was playing so well. I mean, 50 shots on goal. You guys are just peppering him. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's this time of year, it's about being strong uh, mentally and just being able to, you know, continue to do the things and uh, continue to play hard every shift. And, and uh, you know, we believe in what we're doing and, and we've run into hot goalies earlier in the year as well. And for us, it's just find a way. Uh, you know, keep shooting the puck and it's not going it, to, you know, it's not going to start going in because you start overpassing or looking for the perfect play. You just got to keep throwing pucks there. And, and I thought we did a good job of that and we got rewarded in the third. Mark Kisla, Denver Post. Hey, Gabe. Um, you've never been reluctant to drop the gloves. Why do you think that's part of your role? And, and, this team, as skilled as it is, sometimes a skilled team is regarded as soft, but you guys obviously are not. Yeah, your first part of the question, I don't I, I mean, I moved over to play junior hockey at 16 and in, uh, you know, Kitchener in Ontario. And, you know, I started fighting a little bit a few times a year. And, and uh, some people are going to take this the wrong way, but I kind of enjoy it. Uh, standing up for my teammates, standing up for myself. I think it's a part of the game that, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and in my opinion, it it's the way the game polices itself. And, and for me, I don't go out there looking to fight, but uh, stand up for myself and my teammates. And uh, I think us as a group, yeah, you're right, we're skilled and we're fast. But, um, you know, uh, I also think we're a tough team and we're a strong team physically. And um, th I thought we showed that tonight. We'll take three more here for Gabe. Adrian Dater, Colorado Hockey Now. 
Uh, Gabe, the crowd was seemed like a lot more than 42% of the building tonight. Uh, <laughs> felt like a full building. Uh, how much did the crowd make the difference to you guys maybe in that third period? And did it feel like it's just a different world after the last 15 months? Yeah, absolutely Ooh. amazing. You're right, Adrian. It felt like a... It felt almost sold out to be honest with you. We came out there for warm ups and it was it, it felt half full already and, and, and obviously the pom poms and everything. It's uh, it's a pretty special atmosphere to be able to come and, and call your place of work. So um, you know, we're really enjoying playing in front of our fans again. We've missed them throughout that whole uh time that, that we weren't able to play in front of them. But um so we wanna keep going, we wanna keep playing hard and, and uh Hopefully they can bring the same energy and, and, and same noise on Wednesday night, and we'll bring the same energy us too. Eric Dean, Mile High Sports. Gabe, I know you said that the stats restart in the postseason, but is there a bit of a confidence inside knowing you guys haven't lost in this building since I think it was early March? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We feel confident at home, but, uh, you know, every game's a new game. And, and listen, we got to keep proving ourselves. We've got to keep. Uh, proven to ourselves and everybody else that we're, uh, you know, we deserve to be here and we deserve to, to keep moving forward. Um, for us, we don't listen to the outside noise. We don't listen to expectations from the outside. It, for us, it's one step at a time, one game at a time, and, and that's the way it's going to be for the next two months. You guys are going to be sick and tired of hearing me say it, but uh, we have to play that way and we have to approach it that way. Um, but having said that, we love playing here at home. I think uh, obviously the stats will show that. Last one here, Mike Chambers, Denver Post. Gabe, the chippy nature of the game was certainly not a surprise, and even what happened there at the end in the corner uh, in the D zone. But in terms of Bennington skating from end to end and challenging Grubauer um, or whatever, perhaps he just wanted to talk to him, I don't know. What did you think of, of, of him skating end to end like that? He can do whatever he wants. It's not gonna. He's not gonna get to us. He's not gonna get to Groovy. It is what it is. We, I'm sure he just wants to create some energy and this is out of their locker room and uh, try to do what he can to fire those guys up, and that's fine. Um, it is what it is. We'll we'll be ready Wednesday night. The man loves to fight, and no, I didn't take that the wrong way. I took that the way it was said. Uh, it's part of his game. He, he's, it's, you know, it's part of being a captain. It's part of the way that he plays. And like he said, he's, he didn't think it was a, a, a dirty play, but I think everybody in Avalanche just kind of saw, okay, St. Louis is going to make being physical a main part of their game for this series. And I think when he saw, Shen kind of, you know, it was it was dirty. I think he's minimizing it a little bit, and maybe I'm overblowing it a little bit, saying it was it was dirty. It was it was a hovering on dirty, uh, and he just was like, "No, we're we're ending this now." So uh, I love hearing that that uh, your captain, uh, in a good way, is okay with fighting. Um, and then the the very last question that was asked of him about. Bennington trying to get to, to Grubauer and he if you watch the video of it he is just so confident just like he's not getting to Grubauer <laughs> it's not going to happen and understanding that <clears throat> that's part of of the game that's part of setting up game two for them and giving something for them to uh, go on for for game two to get them fired up and uh, Jared Bednar even said that 
in in his piece in his post game remarks saying you know that's we we were talking about that before game one even started you expect it uh it's going to continue and you have to be the smarter team you you can stand up for yourself and he was happy he was happy that Landeskog did that and you should be uh but you can't let it get out of hand and when you're up when you got up, you know, four to one, there was wasn't much time left. But look what happened. As soon as the clock hits zero, uh, St. Louis tries to throw some shots in there. It's like, hey, you know, this is to remember me by. And uh, you know, game two is right around the corner. And like Landis Scott said, we'll be ready for it. It doesn't t- get us off our game. Uh, maybe St. Louis thinks it it is or it will, but. You know, Colorado is a smart team. They're a, a veteran team, even being as young as they are. They're, they're, they've been around. So they were expecting this, and I think they handled it great. So that's going to be it for today, everybody. Let's uh, hope for what you want. You got two games at home where you play so well uh, in front of that crowd, and they both mentioned that too, both Jared Bednar and Gabe Landeskog and other guys too. If you listen to uh, other post-game remarks, all of them said how much of an impact having those 3,000 extra people in that arena really helped, and it was noticeable. So they pl- they played fantastic at home all year round, all year long, and now you know you want to get both of these games. You want to get both these games and be up 2 to nothing and have that commanding lead, and now all of the pressure is on St. Louis. So we'll see how it goes. Should be a good one. Uh, and we'll talk about it when it's over. So that's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's always appreciated. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Let's get up two to nothing. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.